Welcome to Cheltenham Only Better, the first one of 2024. And my word, were we absolutely treated over the festive period with so much racing, but also so many good horses across the water over in Ireland. Of course, a few here on British turf as well. Uh, joined once more by Kevin Blake, who's been tanning himself over in Thailand, but he is back. <laughs> and Daryl Carter, who's been firmly helping steer the ship whilst you've been not so tanning yourself. I can see that, Kevin Blake. Uh, Natalie, when you, when you have a Mediterranean complexion like me, you don't have to worry too much about tanning. You know, it's just all natural. It's like this, I'm this, I'm this tanned all the time. <laughs> I see orange body. <laughs> yeah, fa factor 50 and, and fine shade. That's the usual routine. <laughs> oh, do you feel good though? Are you refreshed? Yeah, yeah, it was a nice switch off. Now I haven't been a switched off from racing for about fifteen years, I say so, which was kind of a, which was kind of required because the old internet wasn't great. We're out in the the, the countryside and the jungle and all sorts, so um, yeah, had to switch off. But yeah, no harm. Came back fresh and ready to rob. Back two weeks now, so it seems like a long time ago. So anyway, yeah. on we go, as they said. Holidays do that for you. Um, and Daryl, how's it been for you over the festive period then, punting wise, uh, racing wise? Oh, up and down, up and down, as it always is. You know, this game uh, will, will always throw you a surprise or two, empty your pocket and then fill it back up another day. Um, yeah, it'd be brilliant. What what great racing over Christmas. Like, so many clues. Like, in terms of Cheltenham, like, we've probably seen everything that is going to win at the festival now over that Christmas period. So, good to get stuck in. Um, looking forward to, to the build-up now. Um, so, yeah, excited. Yeah. Well, without further ado, we will get on with it because there are so many horses. But it's about you guys, not me. You're the experts. So we'll rattle through the list of horses. We've kind of put them in little divisions just to make it easier for our listeners to understand what we're talking about at which point, because there are so many horses. Remember, gamble responsibly. It's really important. We're here to give you all of our guides and tips. But gamble responsibly and markets from the Betfair Sportsbook. So looking back through the big performances then, during the festive period that rocked the 2024 Cheltenham Festival betting markets, the Stayers division, we can crack on and look at Crambo 20 to 1 into 8 to 1 for the Stayers hurdle. Daryl, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I love this division. Um, I, I put up the horse that beat Crambo uh, in the column earlier in the, in, in the season. The Irish points, we'll touch on him in a minute. But Crambo, I thought, didn't look out of place, did he, in grade one company. Travelled really strongly in the middle of midfield uh, off a strong pace. Stuck to the task dourly when asked for his effort at the finish. Thought he jumped well. Yeah, I thought I thought he looked like a great... Like It's hard to think that he got beat off 139 before that, really. Like, this was a better performance. <laughs> don't yeah, don't mention that. the war. Paisley <laughs> <laughs> no, Park put in a better performance here than he had at Newbury. I would argue <laughs> the same as Dashiell Drasher. The right two horses followed him home. Um, he, look, he's got to improve. You know, he's given an RPR of 157 for that. You need to be looking in the mid 160s to win a stairs hurdle, typically. But he's going the right way. Uh, he's hard to knock, and um, I think I don't think you'd want to get into a battle with him. Uh, I think he's I think he's a real real tough horse, and uh, yeah, he's going definitely going the right way. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I liked him as well. Now I liked him as well. Uh, jumping, impressive. Um, travel great. Just 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 what you want for a stair. You know, nice and efficient. And um, look, Paisley Park, 
you know, when you look at the result of the race, like this is a bit like a kind of a young up and coming boxer. And when they get to a certain point in their development, they put them in there against a kind of an aging ex champion that still has a still has a big name, but maybe isn't <laughs> the 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 their light doesn't shine as strongly as it once did. And uh, he passed that test. He beat he beat a few um, old, old champions here. Paisley Park, um, you know, champ Dashiell Drasher. Um, I yeah. like I, I don't think you could fancy any of those realistically for a stairs hurdle now. Um, but they're still at a level uh, and he put them away. Now, he didn't do it with style points, you'd have to say. You would have loved to have seen him clear away and win by a few lengths, but um, it was a big step in the right direction. And yeah, on he goes. Looking forward to seeing him again. He's um, he's a contender. Sure is. Well, Irish Point is interesting. at 16-1 to 1 into 4-1 to 1 for the state hurdle. That Leopardstown win in the Jack de Bromhead Christmas hurdle, grade one. He definitely passed the stamina test, didn't he, Kev? We stick with you quickly on Irish Point. Um, you say that, but he like he technically did. It was it was just short of three miles. It was bad ground, and he did bolt up. Um, it, it was a messy race. Um, poor mm. old home by the lead. Like he's 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 not a front runner. Um, and it was just decided to go out and try and make it rather than sitting behind in the slowly run race. Nothing else was there to make the running, and he just um, it, it ended up being slowly run. Um, Irish Point traveled, jumped. Did everything he needed to do. No knock on him whatsoever. But um, you just, I just wouldn't be getting excited about the level of the race, and I wouldn't like to take it as given that this proves his, you know, his stamina for an out and out stamina test at the trip. You know, I think he needs to do more um, to prove that. Not to say he can't, but I just, I'm just not getting carried away about this individual piece of form. Um, but look at on he goes. Um, said the exact same connections have Tiapu as well. Um, so will that create some decisions? Will they be happy for them to clash? There's mixed messages on that. Um, if there, if I was lucky enough to own the boat, I would certainly run the boat in the in the stairs hurdle. Um, enough goes wrong in these races. Um, it's always nice to have two rather than one. Um, but yeah, on he goes. I just, I, I just would be reserving effusive praise for him at the minute personally. Um, ah, I, just don't like the form. I, I just don't like the form in a race. I, I was I'm probably in a negative frame of mind. I was so upset watching home by the league yeah. um, try, <laughs> trying to make the run and when he was absolutely hating every second of it. But, uh, um, you know, we, we, the couple of this buddy one was disappointed. Bally Adam wouldn't stay in a horse box, I'd say. A Syrian Furlange, you know, who knows what level he's operating at. So, again, it's, it's not a knock on Irish point as such. I'm just knocking the race. Yeah. Daryl, what about you? Because, I mean, it is interesting with Irish Point because having won at Aintree last season, you know, will he go to Cheltenham? Kev's already said that. I'd rather have two in it. I would. I'd rather have two in the race 100%. as well. But you, of course you would. You're obviously probability-wise, but he might go to Aintree, though. It'd be an absolute travesty if he don't go to Cheltenham. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. It would be an absolute travesty. He's, he's the form horse in the race for me. He beat Cranbar at Aintree last year. I can understand people are worried about his stamina over because it was a steady run race, but the time figure at Aintree over two and a half last year was electric, and he beat the stayers hurdle, which was the following race, at every single sectional um, point um, that you had time from. He was strongest at the finish over two and a half miles there at Aintree, um, and he obviously had Cranbone behind. He's a grade one and we're over three miles now. You know, the, the division is an aging division to Hoopoo. The, the stablemate couldn't get the job done last year was behind Dashiell Drasher and Sire de Burley, outstayed, I thought, at the finish. I think it would be an absolute travesty if he didn't go to Cheltenham. I think he's their best chance. I actually think he should be favourite. I think he's the form horse in the race. He's improving unexposed. 
won't mind what the ground would do. I really don't know what there's not to like about him. Obviously, course experience is the other thing. But thankfully, Bob Ollinger, we'll touch on later, won at Cheltenham over two and a half, and he could now go to Aintry over that two and a half miles. So, mm. you know, because um, I think they were talking about two and a half miles for him at Aintry. So, look, I think mm. he's a, I think he's a, the one to be with. So, basically, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I couldn't. I couldn't quite make out Daryl's words there. The, the the fabric of his pocket was muffling his words. <laughs> yeah, there is a bit. There, there is a bit of that. There is, but like, like this division, like this division, has been crying out for new blood, and I think Crambo and Irish Point are the two to come into this division to really hide it up. So yeah, I'd be disappointed if he didn't go. Yeah. Love it. Well, Impere pass then thirteen to two out to twelve to one. Now eight to one for the stay at hurdle. Obviously, he's been he's been excellent, hasn't he? But the last twice he's been runner up, beaten by Tierpoo, and then latest at Lapis Town by Stateman. Daryl, let's stick with you on your analysis of Impere pass. Yeah, a bit of an unknown quantity stepping into if he steps into the stairs hurdle division. They had, that's the talk about where they're going to go next. Look, he was campaign going to be campaigned as a champion hurdle horse, showing he hasn't really got the speed for that. Um, does he have the stamina for three miles? We're, that's unconfirmed but the way he finished in that Ballymore last year that was super impressive he was very impressive going away up the, up the Cheltenham Hill last year in the Ballymore so look you would you would have thought on that performance last year in the Ballymore that going up and trip would have been the right move rather than coming back and trip but a lot of Ballymore horses tend to have a lot of speed it hasn't worked out for him this is an afterthought of course um, but he's a classy classy horse and you wouldn't want to write him off that's for sure if he lines up yeah can I have a strong opinion yeah, I just I, I don't really see it myself. Um, like I think I, I don't know if that novice former former's worth as much as it seemed at the, at the time. Um, I know it looks strictly he beat Gaelic Warrior in the Ballymore, but they rode Gaelic Warrior all upside down that day. Um, and I th- I think he's just been found out a little bit. He's still a very good horse, but he's not clearly not going to be. He's not up the challenging state man. Clearly, over two miles um, by extension, he won't have any business going against Constitution Hill. Um, which is why they're sort of going to try and shoehorn him into a stayer now. Um, but I'd be a bit worried about him. Um, I'd say mid-range trips are fine from now, but just staying would be would be a bit of an unknown. Um, would love to see him over that sort of a trip before Cheltenham. Will we get a chance to see it? I'm not so sure. Um, so yeah, we, and we'll, we'll see a couple of examples of this now in the course of the show. Horses that are just being shoehorned in. Um, usually to to the staying hurdle division, uh, because they come up a bit short. Um, but the but the class is class, and I'd say he's just a, a little bit short at the minute in open company. Who wins the yeah. stayers hurdle for you at the minute then? If you had to have a bet tomorrow, who, who would you who would you have it on? Oh God, I I do like Tiapu. I do like him. I know it came up short last year, but I think there was there was factors at play there. I think Davy Russell was was compromised physically and, and wasn't able to do um do you know he wasn't at full strength essentially. Um, which didn't help. And look, he's still a young horse. He's still going forward. And um, I do still like him. Um, but look, it is a bit of a mishmash. You know, will a French horse turn up? That would be a big, have a big impact on things as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm finding myself non-committal at the minute. Um, and we will get more shoehornings in, I'd imagine, as well. We've got Imperia Passe. We've got, we'll mention Sir Gerhardt later. And there'll probably be more. So, um, yeah, non-committal. I feel like that was a real politician's answer. Don't you agree, Daryl? Yeah. I tell you, I, I, you're going to need I, a surgeon to get them splinters out of his ass. Might, 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 suit, might suit me now. Might suit me. There has been talk of a campaign for the, for the mayor of Golden at, at some point, but uh, we, 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 we'll, we'll see in due course. Uh, we'll push him closer to the time. 
We will. We'll push him. We'll push him. But I, I think actually we'll mention Sagohard next. I think it's quite fitting for this because he's now 12 to 1 for the stay at Hurdle, now obviously nine years old in, in a new year. Um, we saw him winning at Punchestown over Hurdles for the first time since finishing third um, in the Grade 1 champion novice hurdle. So it was a nice performance. Obviously, it wasn't a graded event, was it, Daryl? But nah. he did it. He's got no chance, has he? He's got no chance. He's, too he's, old. Just, he's just not good enough, is he? He's not good enough. I don't, enough. Think, and I don't, think, I he don't think it stays either. Yeah, I don't think he stays. Yeah. And now this is another shoehorning. Like, like mm. I, I remember, and I distinctly remember too, because you remember when he was a novice, there was a big to and fro about whether he'd go Supreme or Ballymore. And um, they ended up going Ballymore. And I remember watching that race and he won, but it was it was very workmanlike. And I remember saying, I think I, I was texting a few people at the time in the old WhatsApp groups, and I said, that's the last time we'll ever see that horse over a mid-range trip. They've got away with it. Yeah, and he'll never, he'll never go a mid-range trip again. And there we are, not so long later, and he's running the Brown Advisory. <laughs> uh, I just, I just, I've never really had him. And look, he does, he does settle better than he used to. But um, look, I'd say the may we you you can debate trips all day with him, but I'd say the main issue with him is he he just lacks about ten pounds of class that he needs to be to be competing in open company, and um, all the trip changes in the world won't fix that. I'd say. Yeah, fair enough. Well, that kind of concludes the um, stays hurdle division for us because we can kind of look now at the supreme division and we can start with a horse called No Flies on him, which was 50 to 1 into 25 to 1. So half tier um, for the supreme on the Betfair Sportsbook for us. One is maiden hurdle left us down on Boxing Day. To be fair, he did jump fluently and he put the race to bed approaching the last. Um, Daryl, we'll start with you on No Flies on him. Yeah, big burly horse. He looked like he could would, would improve for the run to me, but he yeah. was he was well positioned. He was very, he justified strong market support on the day. It's point to point. He beat Django Bayo, who won uh, the Aintree Grade One over at um, over at Aintree uh, about half an hour before, or half an hour after. Um, and Willie the Builder, who's rated 125. Look, he looks a nice prospect. I think connections think quite highly of him. Kevin, tell you a bit more about him, but. Um, yeah, he's one. He's not one to sleep on, as Kev would say. I'd, I'd, I'd keep a close eye on him because he could have a hell of a lot of progression to come. Yeah, I like I liked him a lot as well. Now, um, plenty of chat about him, um, and I just like the style. You know, for one, so inexperienced. I thought he was very professional. Um, like made the running. His jumping was very good. It was low. It was accurate. You know, travelled great. Picked up well for one slap, and um, was he's close home. Um, lot to like about him. Look, he'll probably have a, a probably a steep rise in class next time, but. It sounds like he um he, he's he's held in very very high regard and nice for Edward O'Grady to to have a real nice one, um geez when I was getting into national hunt racing Edward O'Grady was the most successful Irish trainer at the Cheltenham Festival, um statistically like he, he's had a wonderful career, um veteran stage now I dare say, um but it would, <laughs> it would be great it would be great if he um if he could pull another um, tip topper out of his hat. And I beat a horse called D.B. Cooper. Are you familiar with the D.B. Cooper story? Oh, I love that story. Oh, it's class. Natalie, no? No. Oh, get, get on. on Netflix. Get on Netflix and type in D.B. Cooper. There's a good a, a good, a, a good docu-series about it at the moment. Unbelievable case. Brilliant. Love it. Mystery. Oh, one really? of the, one of the, one of the, oh, one of the longest, uh, longest running, like proper mysteries that, that has never had. I, will, I won't spoil it, but watch it. You'll love it. It's class. Yeah. Um, I will. I genuinely will. I'm always thinking things. Thank you. I will. That could be you, you, oh, you love it. And any of the viewers, you can, you can, you're welcome. You'll love it if you, if you watch it. <laughs> Still unsolved. Brilliant. Still unsolved to this day. Still unsolved. Absolutely class. It. They can thank you uh, already. So, so can we just say that no flies on him is something we can be a little bit excited about yeah general consensus yeah yeah, yeah. look it, it'll be a big it'll be a big jump next time like i i've a, I, I suspect he might end up in the grade one next time 
um, which will yeah. be a big ask. But um, but he is very nice. Um, could I see him win a Supreme? Uh, yeah, I, I think it might be tough. I think it might be tough. But could I see him running well in a Supreme and being a top novice chaser? Yeah, th- th- that'd be the sort of the sort of zone I'd have him in at the minute. Yeah. Well, straight after that race at Leopardstown, we then saw another uh, main hurdle. And it was um, Mirza West and King of Kingsfield there. Mirza West, 8-1 to one, out to 33-1. to one, And King of Kingsfield, 16-1. to one. Then obviously both for the Supreme. That's what we're talking about. That race was um, at Leopardstown. I watched a replay a couple of times there. What I mean, King of Kingsfield found plenty, didn't he, on the run-in? I think that's not what we can take from it. But how do we analyse this race? Daryl, we'll start, we'll start with you for Mirza West and King of Kingsfield. Yeah, well, it was much slower than no, no flies on him, uh, which is the first thing to, to note. I thought Mirazor West was very, very keen in the early stages. Um, he, he's obviously a, a, is he a brother or a half-brother or a full brother to, to Fernie Hollow, but a, a high-talking horse. They, they obviously think quite a lot of him was supposed to be their supreme novice number one, uh, according to reports coming into this race. Um, so a lot of hype surrounded him. He went off the wrong price. Um, King of Kingsfield should have gone off favourite, really. Uh, but... I thought he left plenty to work on in terms of Misery West. Um, I think that push out to 33 to 1, you know, that might contract next time he runs if he can settle a little bit better. Look, you'd have to be massively concerned about his jumping out to the right. You know, mm. that, that, that gradually got worse throughout the race, but he's a horse with immense talent. Um, I thought King of Kingsfield had much was, was much more settled than he was. I thought he was much more professional. I thought they rode him a little bit differently just off the pace. He split the gap nicely. I think he's got... Um, I think he's got a nice handicap written on him, um, King of Kingsfield. Uh, he's had the four runs now, so he will be qualified for a handicap at a festival. Yeah, I, 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 in terms of supreme for me, not good enough. Mizzle West would like to see him again, but I'd be, I wouldn't be backing him right now. King of Kingsfield handicap. There's a handicap for him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you agree? <laughs> yeah, he could could be on the right track there. I'd say now he'd probably be heading for a mark in the in the one, you know, an English mark in the, in the one forties. Um, which which might just be seen as tempting. I, I he always pricked my ears this horse when when I'd be talking to Gordon for stable tours and that for the last couple of years. He always says the exact same thing about him, and he says, "Just get this fast horse, fast horse." If Joseph trained him, he'd be in a Mel- if Joseph trained him, he'd train him for a Melbourne Cup. Um, like he always like emphasizes like that in his homework. Like this fella is very very quick for um for a jumps horse, and I I think that view has probably has probably shaped the way they've ridden them a bit, you know, up to the last day, you know, they're riding them for speed a lot of the time. Uh, whereas they, like Daryl says, they're a little bit handier with them last time. And I think they felt that that very much suited. Um, but the type he is, you'd think a big field handicap where they go, a, a, a lickety split gallop would suit him lovely. Um, so yeah, I, I could definitely see that case that their next step will be, will be really interesting. Um, because yeah. if they're a play, if they're playing, um, if they're playing to to you know just they're campaigning like a real good horse, he'd obviously go for the the Grade One at the Dublin Racing Festival. But um, if they're thinking more along me and Daryl's lines, they might um they might give him a Entry run. Entry but Warwick. Oh god, there might be a, li- a little look, a little look as they say, and maybe a run in the the big two mile handicap at the Dublin Racing Festival, maybe just to give him a. Get him a bit more experience on under the bank and maybe finish a nice, uh, nice fourth or fifth there onto the county hurdle. Yeah. Maybe. This is this is the most exciting I've seen, Kevin. It's for a for a handicap. 
I love an old plot. <laughs> That's what I spend my days doing. I just plot. <laughs> yeah, I'm just firmly putting them both in my tracker because I can't wait for this to unfold now. It's quite exciting then to follow and see what happens. Jeez, jeez we look clever if he goes and wins the county hurdle, won't we? <laughs> get, get ready to clip this up, James. Uh, we have a little bit of just clip in case. It <laughs> clip it up. Put it all over social media. Clip it up. I love it so much. <laughs> um, the next horse to talk about is Django uh, Bay, 33 to 1 into 20 to 1, giving you all the prizes from the Betfair Sportsbook. This horse, of course, Nikki Henson horse. Nikki enjoyed a fine boxing day. Django Bay uh, won at Aintree. It was a former Tolworth, newly moved from Sandown. Uh, looked quite a steady pace. He looks an, a likeable sort. He always a, a good looking sort, Nikki Henson. He just picks his sort of beautiful horses. I thought he did settle better than his previous run. Um, who wants to go first on Django Bay? Go on, Darren. You already touched on it. Uh, Go on, Darren. Tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. Look, this, <laughs> this this was like, like this is a nice horse, you know, but this was at the mercy of Farron Glory when he came down, wasn't he? And that royal bond we were talking at the time, that that wasn't as strong as you'd like it to be. And this was even weaker than that, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, look, I think Alan King said about the, the, the second favour and fortune, we have to look at the Supreme now. And I think that's just so wide of the mark that it's a little bit worrying mm. for the British contingent, to be honest with you. Um, look, nice horse, uh, improving, gutsy, uh, good battler. Um, looks like a looks like a handicapper to me personally, but even though it's a great fun winner. Yeah, look at like July Flower pulled up, tell her the name, um, pulled up, Firing Glory fell when in front. Cam Camsinus brand motherless, you know, what's the form worth? Yeah. You'd be worried. You'd yeah. be worried. It's a very fair analogy. So we'll uh, just let that one unfold itself. A nice Henson horse. That's what we'll say about that one. <laughs> uh Cordwell Potter, ten to one for the Supreme. This is the first show um for Cordwell Potter on the Betfair Sports book. Winning at Leopard Town, he seemed to take the sharp rising class in his stride, to be fair, and look to relish the conditions. What did you make of his performance? Kev, I'll stick with you first of all on Caldwell Potter. Yeah, no, I liked him. He's improving start to start. Um, look, he's won a grade one and won it with, with authority. Um, was it the strongest grade one we'll see at Leopardstown? Arguably not. A um, couple of disappointments again behind um, Daddy Long Legs, um, down memory lane. You know, they, they took out a fair chunk at the market and the two of them didn't do their thing really. Um, and you just couldn't help but be struck up with Gordon Elliott afterwards. He just. He doesn't seem to rate the horse super highly, <laughs> you know. When 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 you you always try to get reads on trainers, but when Gordon Elliott starts saying like he's really really tough, you know, he's very very tough. To me, that that translates to yeah, I didn't think he was that good, and <laughs> he's just gone and won. You know, he's a full brother to Mighty Potter, who we know Gordon absolutely loved, and um, I'd say he's just, this fella's just in in his shadow a little bit in Gordon's mind yeah. at least. But look, at he, he's gone and won a grade one. He won it well. Um, jump well, a little bit out to his left. And he'd be worried if he if he did go right handed, but he probably won't go right handed anytime soon. And um, look, at he's he, he's up there with the leading supreme candidates in Ireland at the minute. You have to say cause he's won he's won a grade one. And the scene hasn't really been lit up just yet um we have a we have one in the uk we're going to talk about in a second but this fella look he'll go to the drf and he probably won't even be fav despite being the grade one winner going into the race but um i wouldn't like this i wouldn't like to sleep on him as a great man once said um <laughs> because he, he's he's the, you know for a grade one winner he, he's not getting a whole lot of love at the minute and that's probably a shade unfair so you're not going to go to the ballymore 
See nothing more with Ballymore horse. He's talking about going up and trip with him, but I just I wouldn't be shocked if they went two miles once more and then made a decision. Mm. Um, they've left that mighty that mighty Potter still ringing in the back of his head when he when he was umming and ahhing about whether he should have gone to the Ballymore or the Supreme, and he went to the Supreme. Yeah, they, they, and... yeah they, they kept him shorter for a long time when it looked like they might go up with him. Now, in fairness, I don't think the trip was the thing in the Supreme. I think he, he came back hurt that day, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. The next step will be an interesting one, but I, I, I suspect it might be the shorter race at the DRF and they make a decision then. Um, but we'll see. look, soft ground might be a thing as well. Like it was, it was particularly soft at Leopardstown. It usually isn't like that. And the DRF, mm-hmm. it's usually the opposite, the opposite end of the scale. So, um, we'll wait and see. But I just, I wouldn't be disrespecting them, as they say. And Daryl Ballyburn then seven to one into four to one for the Ballymore and twelve to one into ten to one for the Supreme. One easily at Leopardstown. He, I mean, to be honest, he sauntered clear effectively half the home straight, wasn't it? That race, I mean, it's about twenty five lengths or something, Daryl. But what? How can you pick the bones of that Ballyburn race? Married up well with State Man. Um, was it State Man? Oh, yep, State Man on the card. Um, it's. He did no more than Jatara did. Um, yeah, it, it was a winnable, winnable opportunity for him, wasn't it? Like he's a big talking horse. Um, it, it was a much improved effort in terms of his jumping. I thought than uh, than his debut behind Firefox, which was a very steadily run race and turned it into a dash. He took this up a long way from home. I think they're talking about the middle trip for him. Look, I think he's, I think he's a very, very good horse. Um, but there's no real sort of for me substance to really project and say this is a 150 plus horse you know what i mean yeah. so um so at the minute i kind of feel a little bit that his reputation is preceding him a little bit but he's a very very smart horse and i don't want to knock him at all at the moment yeah, yeah. i think i i can't help but feel her kind of dance with the devil a little bit with mid-range trips with him because he is because he is so free going mm. and like he, he looks pacey like he made a big old move into the race there at what would normally be two out and it was one out in this race with the omitted last and he just they, they seem to be really focusing on settling him. Um and I think it would make the, the rider's job a lot easier if they just went back to two miles with him. Um he he'd probably be a lot easier to, to get relaxing and racing a bit more efficiently. Um agree with Daryl, his jumping was definitely a step in the right direction. Um uh, quite a notable step in the right direction, in fairness. And um hopefully it'll get better again. But um yeah, nice horse, one of those that you know he does come in with this big reputation and he's always going to be a few notches shorter than he should be, but um to me still a bit of a work in progress in terms of being a, a, a tip topper. Yeah. And talking of big reputations, there's kind of mixed reviews well, I talked about <laughs> AP. I, I love AP, it just comes out at least AP just speaks his mind. We're talking about Jericho de Rapine here. That he is a beauty. I was there at Newbury that day, I was working um for ITV, he was again another just stunning Henson horse. I think the question with Jericho de Rapine is he's eight to one into five to one for the Supreme on the Betfair Sportsbook. I suppose how does he compare with the Irish? Because ultimately that is that's the thing, that's the key, isn't it? Where do we place Jericho de Rapine? Who wants to kick us off with this horse? Uh, Daryl, Daryl's a big fan, so we'll, we'll come we'll on, Daryl. Come on, Daryl. Oh, look, I'm a, I'm a big fan in terms of, I thought putting him up at 12 to 1 was a, at the right time when he was making his race course debut because of the hype around him and and yeah. you know, and, and certain other th- factors. Was I overly blown away by his debut? No. This was better for me. 
Um, but again, like like I, I quite rate this sequence square. I'd be shocked that's been given an opening rating of 124. I'd be shocked if that's not better than 124. Jericho yeah. Repone has been given an open rating of 132. You know, like so he's got to be 20 pounds ahead of the handicapper if he's going to be going close in the Supreme. Back to the matter are that he's not really got the substance to suggest that he is any better than that at the moment. But the way he came away from the back of the last, he clocked 20 seconds, I think, from the back of 20.24 seconds on the back of the last to the line, which was much faster than anything else on the card. His three out to the line time was much, much quicker than anything else on the card. Now, they were probably, the ground was probably deteriorating throughout the day, um, and they did go a lot slower on, on circuit time. But he is a speedy, speedy horse. Considering they were talking about him beforehand, saying, I think James Bowen said, um, oh, I think he's going to be like a stayer. They always try and throw these things in these trainers to try and put <laughs> people off where, where he's going to go and what what's going to happen. It's, it annoys the hell out of me. But um, <laughs> it, it clearly showed a lot of speed. He's a strong traveler. You know, he jumps particularly well. And we just don't know the ceiling to him. So he has to be exciting on those fronts. Um, is he worthy of five to one? I don't know. I think again, perhaps his reputation probably preceding him a little bit. I think they're probably trying to duck him a little bit in the market. Yeah, but you have to be excited about him. You, like you, you, I, I mean, I bet Kev's got a bucket of cold water over there, but I have to be. You have to be positive about this horse, in my opinion. I, I love him, and having seen him on the day um, at Newbury, he honestly, he's so impressive. And why? he can only run against what he's running against. And why mm. would you throw the kitchen sink at him? Like you look after him, mm. you look after him. Yeah. His faces. And the weather at Newbury, it was disgusting. It's got worse and worse and worse. Visibility was horrible. I, I think he's, he's beautiful, but proof will be in the pudding. Won't it Kevin Blake? Yeah, no, no, I, I don't want to throw too much cold water on him because I do, you do, you have to really like him. Sure, how couldn't you? Um, yeah. he, he's got a lovely way of doing it. Like he's lovely and relaxed, as Dara says. Like he's jumping, like he's particularly, you know, neat and clever. And he just never looks like making a mistake, and he's never wasting energy. Um, you know, this was a speed test, which probably isn't really him. Uh, and he still passed with flying colors. Like he was only ridden to win. You know, a classic. Um, ride in the JP colours like he wasn't ridden he was only ridden to win by as far as he needed to really yeah. and then in, in, in a different time you would have been looking you know you would have been thinking oh god maybe he'll end up in, in a very good handicap hurdle he's been given a mark of 132 which would be a lovely mark for for such a race but um, they've changed the rules recently you need four runs now and it'll probably be too much of a rush to, to get to do that job but in fairness I think they're they're thinking loftier than that um, I think my only problem with it is, is his price you know he, he, he does look short he's rated 132 and there's all the promise there for for much more to come but um you know he, he's he's priced like a horse that's that's rated 150 not 132 um so that's my only reservation but uh, i'm enjoying watching his progress this was much more like it um again as we've said a few times what happened on his de his debut wasn't his fault that the race was so bad he did nothing wrong um but there was more depth in this he, he was very good past the test and um, Nikki says he's gonna definitely gonna have one more run before Cheltenham. And um, look, I can't wait to see it. Hopefully, it's in it's in deeper company again, and um, mm. we, we can see his progress. But just and he, he just like the way he can, he's clearly learning the way. Like he got a lovely learning experience. Thought James Bowen gave him a lovely ride, and then yeah, on he goes. I just wouldn't be I wouldn't be entertaining him at the price. Not to say he can't he won't justify it in the fullness of time. But right now, it's just a little bit short for me. 
Yeah. No, fair enough. Um, I will be Bay is kind of the final one we're going to look at for the Supreme Division. 66 to 1, into 25 to 1, and 20 to 1 for the Ballymore first show for I will be Bay. Uh, does look a jumping tight, doesn't he, after his summer bumper campaigns? Um, he's poised on the outside at Fairy House, made a nice hurdling debut. Daryl, thoughts on I will be Bay? Nah. Yeah. I don't know. Not for me. <laughs> Not for me. Not one to get excited about. How can you go yeah, from Jericho yeah. to Repinator? I will be bay. I, I do agree. I do, it's kind of like, I do I do agree. It's that, oh, I kind of, yeah. But, it's yeah, not your it's fault. Not it's not your fault, obviously. <laughs> no, but I totally agree with you because I couldn't agree with you anymore. But yeah, he poised on the outside and he made a hurling debut. I mean, I don't really know what, what more. I mean, Kevin, have you got something wonderful to tell us? Because kind of just, is what it is, isn't it? Oh, I wouldn't know. I'm not saying he won a supreme novice hurdle, but it was a lovely start. You know, and he, he, be, he beat a horse that was, that was obviously a very short price on his bumper for my trump card. And, and he did it well. His jumping was good. He traveled. He, he won well. Um, look, next time we'll tell us more. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how high they shoot with him. That'll, that'll tell yep. us a story. Um, but yeah, look, it was a good start. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be slagging the horse. But uh, you know, was it was he at the forefront of my mind for grade ones? No, but it was, it was a lovely start. Yeah, no, great start. Good. Right, let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's move on to Captain Teague, thirty-three to one into fourteen to one. We're looking at the Ballymore, that newbie win in the Challow. Um, again, obviously, I was there that day. Uh, interviewed him in. He wandered around a bit, got the job done. Um, I don't know really. It, it, I had to eke out. The energy from Harry Cobbton a little bit, so I'm just not sure truly what he <laughs> made of it. Does that I, make I, sense? I, th- I, I think Harry Cobbton was pretty annoyed with himself. Was was my I. read of it. Um, I think he was annoyed with himself that he ended up in front as soon as he did, and um, the horse. Uh, and I, I do believe him in in saying he was idling rather than just um, getting tired. Um, I'd say uh, I, that was my read of it. Um, he just got left in front too soon. Um, yeah, he look, did. He, he's going the he's going the right way. Like he, uh, I think he was a shade unlucky to get beat at Cheltenham the time before under the penalty. Um, he probably ended up in the wrong part of the track that day. A few jockeys did. You know, it's normally the thing to do is come near side at that meeting, but um, the winner stayed far side, and I think on that particular day, far side was probably where he wanted to be. Um, his jumping was. Uh, was better, I think it's fair to say. Um, got a little bit tight to the third last and the second last, but um, the main issue was just getting to the front a bit earlier than ideal. Um, and yeah, look, uh, he's won a grade one now. Was it a vintage one? Probably not. Um, will he win at Ballymore? Um, I'm sure he'll be one of the better English candidates now, but I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed if there wasn't a couple better than him this side of the water. Yeah, and Daryl, for me, like it's, the wandering round, though, it's just it's just not what I want to see. I just I don't that's just not the I want to see the rallying ears back. Come on, really wanting it attitude. So for me, it's just a little bit of a worry when they do idle in front because it's not the best attribute to look for, is it? No, definitely not. And it's I don't think I've seen too many horses like him who seem to be very enthusiastic at the start and then very lazy mid race and then mm. idle at the finish, but. Yeah, look, I've I've seen him in the flesh. He's he's a lovely horse. He's he's yeah, he is. for chasing. Like he's gonna be a he's gonna he's like a like I mean I don't want to dis not disrespect him really, but it's like a Welsh national horse down the line. It's like how I like see him. So therefore, for me, I think he'd be well suited to an Albert Bartlett. Like I think Kev was was right that he was idling when he hit the front and. I think Harry Cobden had probably had to work a lot harder than he may have had if he had held on to him for a bit longer. But 
Um, I think he's an Albert Bartlett horse, personally. I don't think he's got that sort of class and class edge about him for the for a Ballymore. As a novice chaser, it might be completely different because I think he'll be really one to follow over fences. Yeah, interesting. Well, Lachlan, talk about the Albert Bartlett, 25 to 1 into 14 to 1 on the Betfast Sports. The winner of Limerick on Boxing Day, got a bit close to the last. Now, he's a, he's a big horse, isn't he? Big horse. He looks big. I've never seen him in the flesh. But even on the screen, you think, oh, he does look a, a chasing type. Anyone firm opinion on Lachlan? Okay. Wasn't one that no no wasn't one that really set me alight now. Well, don't um, worry, we can just move on. We can just move <laughs> straight on to uh, this work is fine. Judicious Allen, sixteen to one for the mayor's novice hurdle, winning at Limerick in the mayor's maiden. Um, it was a bizarre finish because she sort of grabbed them from a relatively unlikely position, flying home in the closing stages. So, any anyone got an opinion on Judicious Allen? This race just fell apart a lot, didn't it? In conditions. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It, it, Limerick, Limerick was brutal. Oh my yeah. God. Proper <laughs> brutal. That's like, that was an extreme example of testing ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you'd have to see her again to believe uh, to believe the way she finished there, personally. Yeah, and we have to take into consideration sometimes these conditions because it just looked absolutely... Yeah, and like horses can look worse and better in these conditions. I agree. I mean? Like. So, it yeah. can take their action away. It can take yeah. their action away. Yeah, like an like an objectively, like I don't know the the people that that kind of objectively assess ground. There's a very good um account on Twitter there, a chap called Steve High that's been doing it for years and years and years, and he has like scales of um of of going rating. It's like and the Limerick at this meeting was just so far over here <laughs> <laughs> on the scale, like it was just a, like a historically extreme example of testing ground that like, they did pretty well to get through the meeting i'd say um yeah, yeah and then when, when things are that extreme like those conditions are very unlikely to get replicated anywhere soon never mind in, in you know better companies so you just have to be a little bit cautious not not the horse's fault but you just have to be bigger picture a little bit cautious i think yeah, absolutely. Um, well, Mayor Jay DeGruji here, 33 to 1 into 10 to 1 for the Mayor's Novices Hurdle and 25 to 1 for the Ballymore. She was quite pricey at 230,000 euros, um, travelled strongly to win at Leperstown. She, she looks a bright prospect. She looks very, very good. Like, oh, Daryl, good. I like yeah. this. She looks, she looks very, very good. Like, uh, she won by like 15 lengths, but. I think even that margin um, didn't do her justice because she went to quicken into the last hurdle and just as she was quickening, the hurdle came up uh, and she was over and then she was having to quicken again. If she would have met that, you know what I mean, if she would have been right. quickening before, into that, yeah, right, and, and she would have gone away. Like, she was very, very impressive. This is, a, this is one to look forward to, I think. I'm quite surprised that she's 10 to 1 with us. Um, I think that's quite big. Uh, I think I think we could see a, a, a smart one. Um, she's got to come back and trip, obviously, for the for the Mez Norris, and um, I don't think that'd be a problem. I think she's no, mm. I like it. A bit of excitement around Jade Ruji then. Yes, Kevin. <laughs> the day I start getting excited about the Mayor's Novice hurdle, Natalie, is the day the 
<laughs> you, know you, you know that finally cracked. <laughs> <laughs> we cra we'll crack you, don't you worry. We'll crack you. Um, <laughs> the Queen's Gamble then, 16 to 1, unchanged for the Mayor's Nobs Hurdle. Winner at Taunton, um, in form Harry Durham. His horse is doing really well at the moment, aren't they? On Saturday, Taunton, Queen's Gamble, 16 to 1. Got a lot to say about the Queen's Gamble. She had to work hard, didn't she? Yeah. She had to work hard. Um, but she, she's like that. She finds loads. She finds loads of pressure. She like, she's got a, she's got to reverse the bumper form with uh, with Dyson Enos and not just that one, but that one looks to have improved. And obviously the likes of Jay DeGrugian coming into this division. So it's got to be tough for her. She's not going to be much shorter than 12 to 1 on the day, is she? Yeah. Mm. Kev? No. Mary's not as <laughs> now, right, we're going to leave it. What we're going to do, though, is we're going to move a, on it's to the It's an abomination, It's an abomination. It shouldn't exist. <laughs> I won't support it by talking about it. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a question here from, from, a, from a reader, um, uh, Stuart, because uh, we're moving on to the triumph, who just says, um, because we're not going to touch on him, I don't think, with the horse that ran over Christmas because he was pulled out of the grade two. What do you make of Burdett Road for the triumph hurdle? Yeah, I, I'm a bit negative on him. Um, I, I was I I would have been very keen to take him on at Chepstow. Um, I, the, the, there was there, there was um, Joseph sent over harsh there because there was a little bit of chit chat that he might that Burdett Road might come out if it rained. That Julie did, and he came out. Um, ended up being like an absolute slog of a race. Um, but look, Burdett Road, I just I know the form got a bit of a boost since. Um, but I just he does plenty wrong now. Like he, he doesn't settle particularly well. He doesn't jump particularly well. Um, loads of talent there, which we knew before he ever jumped a hurdle from his platform. But I just, I, I would be, I, I wouldn't be, if he continues to be a short price now, I'd continue taking him on, I'd say, you know. I think I think he might get um, get caught out unless he gets a bit more professional. Interesting. Like it. That's good. And there's a good list of questions. Darrell, do you kind of... I think, he's, I think he's very, very talented. I think, um, I think, given his nature to be very keen, I think they're going to try and hold him up. Um, that's always a concern if you know a horse is going into a race being held up. You know, anything can happen with these juveniles, particularly sloppy jumping can cause mm. issues in front of you. So he's not going to be towards the four. He's probably going to trade bigger than his current four to one in running. I would, I would assume. So I wouldn't be taking that. I think he's very talented. Um, and if he gets a race really run to suit, then I think he's very dangerous. Yeah. Well, others to look at and the triumph that did run over the festive period. Then we can start with a horse called Bunting, 12 to 1 into 8 to 1 for the triumph on the Betfair Sportsbook. Of course, was a winner on Boxing Day. So, Daryl, kick us off with Bunting. Yeah, a little bit underwhelming for me. Um, I was expecting a bit more from Bunting. It was given an RPR of 116. That probably it probably sort of weighs up how I felt on the day, really. I was expecting mm. sort of a high 120s performance at minimum and didn't really get that. Think, uh, I think this horse would improve with the experience, big sort of you know, big lengthy type and uh was but was running down his hurdles and out to the right and that really just mm. off immediately. I could see perhaps then maybe going down the boodles route with this horse rather than the triumph hurdle route. <clears throat> just just on just to look at them RPRs and perhaps uh, another sort of you know narrow victory somewhere else just might I, I don't know, just might I could just see this horse running in the, in, the, in the boodles with a low handicap mark and it might be more interesting then. Yeah, fair enough. Kev, what do you think? Because he did obviously go out to his right, and but was the race run a little bit slowly for him? I don't know. It's hard to to gauge really with Bunting. I thought he was fine. Like he 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 won well. He's got a big reputation. He he went and won, won with a bit of authority. 
Um, wasn't a super strong race. Didn't really get that many extra style points for me. Um, and look, we'll, we'll need to do more if he's going to be a triumph horse. If he's going to be a boodles horse, they need to they need to get their skates on and get him out and run a couple of more times. Um, so yeah, look, I, I one assumes like the 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 way the schedule goes that he he could well turn up for the the big one at Leopardstown. There's a smaller race. Um, God, at Nace, I think it is a winner's race that he could line up in as well. You know, Willie will have a bunch of these juveniles. But, yeah. Um, like he, he does seem to be well regarded. So the next step in terms of what, what race they send them to will, will probably tell us a lot. Yeah. And what an exciting time it was with juveniles. Caliconti, um, she's by character. I've been following this sire a little bit. Of course, it's a sire of Ile Francais. Mm. And Ile Francais is one of the oldest crops of character. Character would cover plenty over in France like they do. But... Yeah, I quite like sometimes. I don't know a lot about, but I do like to follow a bit of my bloodstock. And I'm just thinking, oh, like 10 minutes later than Ile Francais one. So Caliconti, this uh, juvenile for Gordon Elliott. Um, look, what I liked about her, I thought she looked really versatile ground-wise. I don't know whether, mm. you know, she just looks like one that she could pick up a few nice races and it, it doesn't really look like she's that affected by conditions. So I, I quite like that performance. Daryl, did you did you like Caliconti? I thought she was well carried away. <laughs> well, no, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say you're getting carried away. I thought she was well positioned in the race that mm. pretty much turned into a dash over the last couple. And I tell you one thing, though, they couldn't bloody pull her up. That was that was quite impressive <laughs> after the line. Like they they really couldn't pull her up. So maybe she was only getting going. Maybe she'll be better suited by a strongly run race. Look, it's a slight concern at the grade two, which is normally a good point. Is it a triumph hurdle had five lengths covering the first five home? I thought Nuremberghen, who we will touch on, I think, is he not on our list? No, he's not on our list. Kev will tell you more about this one, but clocked a good time figure on debut and could have done with a, a stronger run race. I thought there, there was a couple in here that could have done with a stronger pace. Batman mm. Girac was an eye capture off the pace. So while, while she was a good winner, she was also the second choice of her stable jockey, Jack Kennedy, who, who, who you know, waxed lyrical about Mighty Bandit. Mighty Bandit disappointed, but was found to have mucus in his nose. So, look, I think if the race was run again, you'd probably get a different result, in my opinion. But she's definitely not one to to just, just write off because the way that she went after the line and the way they couldn't get get hold of her and pull her up, I thought was uh, suggest that she might not just be one to sleep on again. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough, very well analysed, fair enough, Kev. Yeah, no, I, I'd be with a lot of that now. Um, you know, hitting the line, I thought, right, you've clearly been in the right position there. Messi all race, um, and Nuremberg Ring. I was obviously watching him quite closely. I, I thought he ran a lovely race. Um, he was bottled up there, and it, it was messy for him. A horse that stays well that that had beaten, um, that had beaten Calicante the time before. You know, had a penalty to carry. Um, and it's just interesting that Dara mentioned it because watching it in the moment, I'm like, I was watching the, 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 what would you what like to call it? The gallop out very closely. So I was expecting Nurberg ring to, to really power through the gallop out. He'd been so bottled up, but he didn't. It was Calicanti that really powered through it. Um, which I thought was interesting. Um, I, it's something I like to watch. Um, Nurberg ring, there's a fair chance he'll go straight to the triumph. Um, I think the the track for, that the Triumph has run on will really suit him. Um, and look, the more pace, the better in front of him. He's he's got, does have a little bit of a quirk in him, um, but he he I think he's getting better all the time. He's learning. His jumping's getting sharper, and uh, a real stamina test at the trip will suit him. So yeah, and look, he'll be a big price wherever he goes. I'd imagine. Um, if you know, regardless of what happens between now and then, if he goes straight to the Triumph, he'll be a big price. But I I could see him running well now. 
Um, whereas the the rest here, as Dara says, will probably have a rematch between all these um, in the spring juvenile. And um, God, you'd be brave to have a bullish opinion now because I wouldn't be surprised if it got turned on its head a bit. Um, and, and yeah, look, we're, we're just waiting for one in Ireland, a juvenile to really jump up and hit us a slap across the face and go, I'm the one. Um, so we, yeah. we might have to wait for the spring juvenile. Storm, for that. Storm Hart did a bit of that. Didn't he? Didn't he? Storm Hart, I thought was quite impressive, particularly over the final three. Really powered away. Um, I know he wasn't on our list, so I don't, I don't know if you've been told about to, this horse to have a look at. But this was quite impressive. Yeah, and it was very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah like really, really, like jumping was was I suppose solid rather than slick for me. It got a bit hampered halfway, um, but really strong late on, like really strong. Yeah, so I thought he he looked like potentially one. He'd be you'd be shocked if he didn't go straight for the spring juvenile. Yeah, and um, yeah, he'd be he'd be one that could potentially jump up and and give give us give us the one across the chops in the spring juvenile maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then we got Stormheart around six to one for the Triumph on the Betfair Sportsbook. Sergino ten to one into six to one for the Triumph, and into Lotto twenty fives first show. For the triumph, but I think we could probably move on to the champion. Oh, well, 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 Sergino, Sergino, Sergino. Oh, you want to go? Go, yeah, oh, go, yeah, go, just, go. Just, just this. This was like, this was a big baby at, at for his first day at school. I thought, I thought he was always wanting to go a yard quicker in Nico's hands. The race is not much to make of at Kempton, but he was just always being reined back, jumped fluently at times, and then very, very scrappily at others. It was a very stop-start gallop, but <clears throat> I thought the way he powered away. Uh, between the second last and the last was just really taken. Um, and it's just worth noting that Nico is a very conservative man when it comes to talking about horses. And he yeah. said that when this horse gets his jumping together, he said he jumped fine at home. He just didn't today. When he gets his jumping together, he'll be a force to be reckoned with. Those were Nico's words. And he is very, very cool, calm and collective when it comes to horses. So, Sergino, I'm, I'm really excited about Sergino. Good. Yeah, no, I, I just like I just hope Nico's right though, because he he'd won too now, because like because it wasn't his first day at school as such, you know. He won he won over hurdles yeah. back in April, you know. The, those those horses will be jumping hurdles from from when they're knee high to a grasshopper. Like I just I just wanted to see a better jumping display from him. Like he looked a bit he was quite guessy when he got in tight, and then he was quite airy in other places. It just for a horse with his background, um, I I, I just thought it was an, an oddly mixed round of jumping and look like you say maybe it was just an on the day thing and the next day he might be brilliant but he he'd want to be you know uh but look the style was uh, if you if you if you forget about the jumping look at the galloping he was he was very stylish um but i just would definitely want to see him slick up and get a bit more consistent with his jumping Okay. No, it's, it's interesting stuff that we'll we'll move on to the champion hurdle though um, i think what we should do lads if you agree is constitution hill bob ollinger state man why don't we just talk about all three and how you are going to analyse obviously what they're doing Constitution Hill fantastic you know one to three from fruit two to five you know no price but we can see why Bob uh, Bollinger 20 to one for the champion hurdle statement four to one from five this is all on the Betfair Sportsbook so Daryl do you want to kind of contextualise Constitution Hill Bob Bollinger and Stateman in your opinion yeah look it's <clears throat> Constitution Hill, sorry, Constitution Hill is going to be extremely difficult to beat. We know he is. Yeah. Um, State man is is probably going to be running a little bit differently this time around, but I, it's hard to imagine a world unless Constitution Hill does something silly where he's going to reverse the form, right? But Bob Ollinger does at least add an intriguing element to it. 
you know, just the, the way he won at the, at the weekend, the news day, it was just, it was just nice to see Bob back. And if he's got that zest about him, it was nice. It would just be nice to see him thrown into the mix just to see what would happen. Cause he was once a very, very, very talented horse. So he had an intriguing addition, to, but constitutionally was the one to beat, isn't he? Yeah. yeah like, oh yeah, for sure. Like constitution Hill is, you know, could be the best we've seen. Jesus. Yeah, for a yeah. long time. For a yeah. long time. In fairness to, um, look at it, it is. It's yeah. He's he's gonna just gonna keep winning, isn't he? Bob Ollinger. Um, great to see him do that twice. Um, because last year, like last season, he came back and ran quite a promising race and just went backwards from it and clearly wasn't over. Whatever had sent him in the wrong direction. Um, whereas this was it's two in a row now and his finishing effort was really good. Um, like I've had a view for, for quite a while that a mid-range trip is what he wants. Um, so what they do with him will be interesting. They're talking about um aiming for the entry hurdle, which would make sense. Um, but he he does seem to enjoy Cheltenham, so they might be they might be brave enough to to miss that. But what do you do? Do you take on Constitution Hill? Um, I'd be game for it, why not? Nothing to lose. Um, I wouldn't like him for the stairs hurdle. Um, but just in the long and the short, it's great to see him back finishing his races, looking something like the horse he was. Um, God, whenever it was, three years ago now was his pump, I suppose, was it? Oof, time flies. <laughs> uh, no, no, it was it was a joy. It was a joy. Um, well, that kind of covers our champion hurdle at this stage. Um, looking at the article, founder 50, 50 to 1 into 10 to 1 on the Betfoot's uh Betfair sports book. This, of course, was the uh grade one racing post novice chase at Leopardstown. Um, survived a bit of a scare, didn't he? Threatened to duck out on the bend past the stands and he jumped a bit to the right throughout the race. And Facio Vega was four of four in it. And Facio Vega then is um from nine to four out to nine to one. So, how are we gonna? analyse and look at this race and what you guys make of Founder 50. Daryl, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, like this, uh, like the fact that he did so much wrong and still was able to win is like a testament to his ability, obviously. But this race was, this this is was just a farce, really. Like it was so slowly <laughs> run. It was, <clears throat> Founder 50 was given a very soft lead. Patrick stuck Vassal Vega in behind Founder 50, but to his right-hand side. So Founder 50 was jumping across him right up until about four out, five out, when Patrick switched him inside. But, like, the handicap on the card, like, I think at fence four, Founder 50 was 13 lengths behind the handicapper. And at fence five, he would have been stone-cold last in the in the lowly-rated handicap if you compare the two races. Founder 50 reached the second last. They were 24 lengths behind the handicap winner. Like it's it was so for a race that's usually so very informative, this was so falsely run, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that just means that Fasol Vegas run even worse than it actually looks. So for me, I thought this was probably a bit too bad to be true for Fasol Vega. And I thought it might have been a bit of an overreaction to push him out to nine to one. But Woody Mullins did talk about going up in trip potentially with him. He did do that with Votor, who bombed out in this race um obviously a few years back, who went on to win the Turners. So it's a muddling, muddling affair. I wouldn't back Founder 50 with stolen money. Um, I wouldn't back anything in that race. To come on to me. No, I <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I'd agree. It was, it was, um, no, I don't think it's a race to be taken to the bank now. Um, Fasal Vega, I got the impression with Willie, like he, he was quick to mention we might go up and trip. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of humming and han and, and spinning a bingo balls between now and then. But like generally in my experience, like Willie will will end up going for what his first impression was. 
Uh, so I could see him going up and trip now, but fiercely disappointed. I was expecting him to come back with a bit of a niggle or something because he got, he got quite badly bumped and hampered at the first. Um, found a 50, kind of jumped into his path. And given his finishing effort, I thought that he might come back sore. And we haven't heard anything yet, not to say it didn't happen. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see We'll see how things progress with him in the coming weeks. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes up and trip now. Fair enough. Um, a horse next for about his fact to file um, 20 to 1 into 14 to 1 for the Turners, 12 to 1 into 8 to 1 for Brown Advisory, 16 to 1 into 10 to 1 Ooh, for the National Hunt Chase. In fact, to file. Yeah. Okay. Right. Where are we where are we going to start with that one? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in the minority here now, and that I wasn't I wasn't that taken with him. Um, I think uh, most people seem to have been very impressed, and I get it. Um, like in terms of the, the bare form, it, it it looks to tick the box. Like he was visually impressive. Um, late on, but I I just wasn't in love with his jumping technique. He he was very very willing to shorten, um, and, and to pop. You yeah. know, which, which uh, he, he was better from four out when he was kind of asked to go for, to go a bit more forward, but I just I just wasn't in love with it. Um, what do you do with him trip wise? I don't know if he if that jumping technique is going to be typical for him. You know, I think you have to go up and trip. Um, but yeah, I just you know it's been given big numbers in a few different places, but it just I wouldn't be uh, I I wouldn't have it up that high myself. Gave him one sixty. He's the I? same opinion. Yeah, he's getting big numbers. Time for him yeah. gave him a big number as well, but it just I can see why. And you can you can put whatever number you want on. And he's beating Santa here by half the track and Minnell Cocooner had the other half of the track back to him. So, you know, you can give him two hundred if you want, but um doesn't mean it's justified. And yeah. I just it was more it was more of a technique <laughs> thing than a than a bare form thing, you know. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they've skipped a novice hurdle campaign to go for the national hunt chase, though. He'd be definitely going for yeah. a money. I think the brown advisory more likely the the target than the Turners would be, but they keep mentioning he's not short of speed, which he, I suppose he didn't look, but as Kev mentioned, he's jumping at pace, you know, wouldn't like with a, with a Gaelic warrior and the Turners. So, um, Brown advisory, I think where he goes, yes, he's, he's a fairly decent horse, isn't he? But there's this, the, like the Brown advisory might not have a lot of depth in it, but it's got, um, it might not have a lot of quality in it, but it's definitely got quantity and uh, mm. jumping p- perfectly really around there. So yeah, interesting, but uh, yeah, yeah, there. Mm. <laughs> and what about the grade one, the uh, Neville Hotel's novice chase and uh, Grave Clay West 14 to 1 into 4 to 1 for the Brown Advisor? Of course, beat Corbett's Cross, who's in second floor in Porter, was in third. So I thought if we just go over that race first, it's quite a good sort of base and, and how we rate Grange Clare West. Yeah, just the winner was impressive now. Um, like his jumping, like he's he's. He's scopey, like he's he's clever when he needs to be. Um and and he just he, he bolted up, didn't he? You know, came wide, which is often the thing to do in the chase track there, Leopardstown. And he he, he won really well. Corbett's cross took took a backward step, having taken such a positive step forward in his jumping from first start to second, he went a bit back, back the wrong way again here. Um uh, Floor and Porter disappointing, you know. So but look, none of that has Grange Clare's West fault, and he seems to to have transferred really well defences. And um, look, I'm sure he can drive on again. They could have trip options with him. He'd have no issue coming back, I'd say, if they wanted to do that. But um, he clearly does stay as well. So, um, yeah, on he goes. It looks like he's, he's belatedly justifying his um his big old reputation and price tag from a few years back. Yeah. Daryl, Florin Porter? Yeah, well, we got a question from Aidan. He says it was your most underwhelming performance of the period, of Christmas period. And for me, it probably would have been Florin Porter. But... I've since watched it back and I've since tried to take positives from it. And, um, you know, I think the ground was really bad. I thought 
Grange Square West came wide on the best of the ground. Um, not for a minute saying Floor and Port would have beat him that day, but I think that um, Floor and Port had to stay on the inside because of his tendency to hang left. So I thought they were they were conscious of that. Look, Cheltenham's a different day. It'll be a different ground. Um, he's got a rail on his left-hand side. Whether or not he's going to be able to reverse that form, I, I don't know. It, it, the Neville's Hotel novice chase has not got a great record of horses in behind reversing the form of the winner. It has got a great record for producing horses for the National Hunt Chase. I suspect he'll go to Brown Advisory. I actually just want to say that Corbett's Cross is the horse that I think will go to the National Hunt Chase, and I think he could go very well. He's about 20 to 1 with us, um, which is the biggest out there, I think. But Grange Clare West, yeah, he's got to prove it. Spring ground might be his undoing, but um, he obviously relished conditions than he in three miles. Yeah. Um, three horses I'm going to give prices for, and you just feel free if any of these three you want to talk about, or you might not want to talk about any of these three. So I'll give the prices. You last decide if you've got an opinion on it or not. But Monty Star was 25 to 1 into 14 to 1 for the National Hunt Chase, and 33 to 1 into 20 to 1 for the Brown Advisory, all prices on the Bet First Sportsbook. Nick Rocket, 25 to 1 into 14 to 1, both Turners and Brown Advisory, and Meeting of the Waters. 40 to 1 into 12 to 1 for the National Hunt Chase. So three horses, Monty Star, Nick Rocket and Meeting of the Waters. Well, Meeting of the Waters is interesting in that, look, he, he, he won a big handicap off a low weight. Um, but, you know, just, just I suppose if you're putting yourself in the in the heads of the people involved, you know, Patrick is obviously heavily involved in the horse. Um, he would love a, a very good ride in the, in the National Hunt Chase. So I wonder, might that be a factor as well? I mean, he should stay. He should stay. He looks the type, and in fairness, he was impressive. But look, he's gone up to a mark of one forty-five. Um, Patrick, such as the the wealth of talent in the yard, he might well have a classier one, um, closer to the time to pick from. But I'd say this fellow will, will very much be in the mix, um, either way. Yeah, Daryl, any opinions? No, none for me. Okay, well, Gaelic Warrior fifteen to eight into ones on for the, for the Turners. I mean, winning that fourteen uh, grade one, he just. He just jumped well, didn't he? He made all. It was it was impressive. Yeah, he's low. He's low. He's aggressive. You know, yeah. he still he still does his his jump into the right party trick. And look, that'll be a big focus point if um you know around Cheltenham. Um, but look, he's very very good. You could do anything with him trip wise. Well, I say anything. I, I, what I mean is, I think I'd be more than happy to see him come back to two miles. Um, two and a half is fine, but he has the tools for. For two and a half, for two, and um, he's a grade one winner over three, two, but I wouldn't be thinking that way myself. But um, yeah, the, 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 it was very impressive and um, great fun after the line as well. Yeah, exactly. Daryl Gaelic Warrior. Yeah, who does Patrick think he is? Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, Gaelic Warrior, I thought, I've got to be honest, I thought I was watching an Arkle horse the way he was jumping from fence to fence. I thought two miles would be lovely for him. Obviously, that's coming out to the right on the sharp old track would be a slight concern at that sort of speed, I guess. But look, he's a he's a he's a he's a top, top quality horse, isn't he? Michael Walker has sent in a question and just said Taking into account Willie Munnins and Patrick Munnins' comments, could you see Gaelic Warrior in the Arkle and Fasol Vega in the Turners? Yeah, easily, definitely. I could. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. something's gonna get something's gonna get switched up into the arcade, isn't it? But Gaelic yeah. Warrior, yeah, look, look, you know what they're like. They'll wait until late. Like he got Gaelic Warrior got shoehorned into the Ballymore. Um, you know, first time at a mid-range trip last year. Um, so they'll they'll wait and see, won't they? But he could he could do either job for sure. Yeah. Um, interesting. Gallop into Trump three to one in Central Eleven for Gold Cup. That's Savile's Chase. Um. It, it it was nice to see 
what he is capable of. It was nice to see that electric jumping again, pushing off from behind. Um, we saw it with Bob Ollinger, Galvin Deschamps. It's, it's nice when they come and put up a performance like that again, looking more to what we know they can be. Not yeah, like I think pocket it weren't. Oh, back, go back, Jerry Colum. Oh. Oh, well, as he as he as he finished yet? <laughs> no, no, yeah. I'm slagging. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be knocking Jerry, but Gallopin was brilliant. Um, back to his best. And um, look, that's the way to ride him. And they started riding them much quieter to, with a view to helping him get long trips. And um, his jumping suffered. And I don't even think that's the very best we could see of Gallopin the shop the other day because it's still yeah. he was still a bit conservative in the first third of the race with his jumping and hopefully riding him like that now will just get him a bit more focused and forward going again and uh, geez, I think he could be even better at Cheltenham which is a slightly scary thought um, and yeah great, great to see because he looked at, when he won the gold cup he looked like a horse that could win three gold cups and I don't say that lightly and um, he just he hit a few speed bumps there and it's great to see him back and that's the horse that, that, that could be you know one of the better ones we've seen for quite a while so great to see it and we all want to see that. And yeah, Jerry Clon then out to nine to one for the Gold Cup. So we can just round up the Gold Cup section then of, of our review. Um, won't spend too much time on it with Hewick, 66 to one into 14 to one with King George. And it was a bizarre, bizarre, bizarre race. Shishkin, poor little thing, because to stumble on the on the flat there is just horrible and yeah, not nice. Out to eight to one for the Gold Cup. Brave Man's Game sixteen to one, and Jungle Boogie thirty three to one in the Gold Cup. So if we want to round up some of those runners, of course we've got big names. We should mention Shishkin because it was it was just not it's just not nice to see that, is it? No, and he was running great. In fairness to him, he's a, he's a horse that struggled to work to work out, and he, he was running great. Would he have won? You'd hope he would have. He was certainly <laughs> trading short at the time. Um, now the leaders did go to go to pudding a bit late on. Um, so I don't want to be bullish about him. Um, but look, he, he's very much been given a Gold Cup campaign now. Um, he wasn't entered in the shorter races yesterday. Um, so yeah, on we go. He'll be a big a splitter of opinions, I'd imagine, coming into the Gold Cup. And look, hopefully Nicky can can fire him up and, and straighten him out and get everyone right with him again because he's, he's not a straightforward horse to keep right for the last couple of years. So hopefully he can deliver him there in tip-top order. Hewick sounds like he might not go to the Gold Cup now. Um, they seem to be more inclined towards the Grand National. Bar the ground comes up very nice in the Gold Cup. Um, but look, great, great to see that. You know, very unlikely, high drama. Um, I, I certainly didn't ex- expect to see it happening. But um, yeah, well done to them all. It, was, it made it a, a pretty memorable race. Yeah, it really did. And Daryl, how are you looking at the Gold Cup at this stage then? Yeah, well, look, the King George is obviously very informative for it. Um, there was a lot of talk that they went far too hard in the King George, which is absolute nonsense. It's not it's not the case at all. Um, Alaho just simply didn't stay. Um, I thought Shishkin would have would have won going away, really. There's there's proof in the sectionals that sort of suggest that, that Shishkin was the strongest stayer of the, the, the few in the in the, in the final third of the race. I mean, that the first circuit time, if you can compare it to the, the monster that is Ile Francais, who won on the card. Um, yeah. Shishkin and Frodon, they, they were only matching um, uh, from the first to the last in the home straight on the first circuit. Uh, they were only matching Hermes Allen and, and Ile Francais. And then you see how much of the difference between the two races happens on the final circuit where there was a 19 length difference at the, at the finish and you know you look at the fifth fence from home and 
Ilay France gets there at 4.17.99. Alahoe's in runner-up spot at the time, got there at 4.22, some 16 lengths behind. So there's not a chance they could have gone too hard. Too hard. And uh, Ilay France was 10 lengths faster from three out to the line as well. So the sectionals, I tell you, they didn't go too hard. I thought the sectionals was quite interesting to see that whether Shishkin would have won or not. Um, Hewick was 1.88 or seven and a half lengths behind Shishkin jumping the third last. And then he was 8.2 lengths behind Shishkin when Shishkin was jumping the second last, meaning that Shishkin was actually going away from him. But if you look at that in contrast with sort of Alaho, um, yeah. Hewick was 1.5 or six lengths behind Alaho at the third last, only 1.34 or five lengths behind at the second last. So you can see that Alaho wasn't quickening or wasn't going away. Shishkin, on the other hand, was. Um, so my opinion would be that that Shishkin would have won the race. Look, I think he's got a good chance. I think he's the biggest danger to gallop into Champ to do that. What he did here, albeit he didn't finish the race on the back of no prep, on the back of no prep run, thought was quite remarkable. Look, if the gallop into Champs at Leopardstown turns up in a Gold Cup, but no one's going to beat him, are they? So, yeah. but perhaps Shishkin's the each way player against him. Yeah, fair enough. And you've mentioned, um, of course, Ile Francais. Wow. Uh, I take it that's your sectional performance then, Daryl. He was, he was just unbelievable. He was just he was just unbelievable. He jumped from fence to fence. He was such a high cruising speed. Like mm. um he was just so impressive. Like on the on the figures at every single point between fences, it was just you know, Paul Nichols called him the next quarto star after the race. And like like he, he was it was that good. Like, you know what I mean? It was that good. Um, yeah, so he, he'd be the sexual performance race. I don't think he's gonna come to the brown advisory. He's 14 to 1 on the sports book. That would tell you he's not because he if he was, he'd be, you know, Gaelic Warriors short for the Turner sort of like price. He'd be even money, I suspect. Mm. And if he wasn't, I'd open my vault if I had a vault and uh, get it on him. But <laughs> yeah, he, he won't be coming over, I don't think. But he's a he's a proper proper horse. Yeah, Kev, I'm sure you agree. I mean, we were all in awe that the way Il a Francais jumped and the back end, he's like a cheetah. Just his anatomy, the way he's put together, is ridiculous, wasn't it? It was amazing to watch. It was at least a performance that we can all go, wow. Yeah, it was a fun race to watch now. You know, it really was. Yeah. Um, great to see. I remember when I was getting into racing, you know, 20 <laughs> years ago, the, the the French novice chasers used to come over a little bit. I remember Horse Gaugere de Cachet and a few of those, and they used to come over and put on these displays, and it was a bit of a throwback to that. So I hope we see more over this side of the water, um, or your side of the water, I should say. But um, seems unlikely, but hopefully things might change. You never know. King George, never Gaelic, King George, Gaelic Warrior versus L.A. France. <laughs> Even nice money the pair. Who are you backing? You got oh, gee. Oh, Ile France, that trip. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Well, this takes us on to, very nicely, onto our anti-post selections for the festival at this stage. i just recap as quickly as I can, because I know you guys have got places to go, busy bees. The first week selection, Daryl was NYLN, 14 to 1 for the Ryanair, now right 12 bet, to 1. Right bet. Like it, so you're Got, right, we're still on it. Wonderful. Kev, you're on Croke Park, 20 to 1 for Albert Bartlett. Now 12s. Yeah, we'll get to see uh, him soon. Yeah, week two, Daryl. Jericho Girapane, 12 to 1 for the Supreme. Now 8 to 1. Kev, gentlemen's uh, game, 20 to 1 for the Gold Cup. Still at 20s. Uh, third week sections, Daryl, Astro Diamond, 11 to 2 for the Mayor's Hurdle. Still 11 to 2. Kev had no bets. Uh, week four, Daryl was Indiana Dream, 10 to 1 for the Turners, Novice Chase, now 12 to 1. Brendan decided to have no bet. 
And the fifth week, Daryl was mighty bandit, eight to one for the Triumph, now 20s. And Brendan was Edward Stone, 20 to one for the Ryanair Chase, now 12 to one. So this week, drum roll, please. The anti-post selections. At this stage, what are we on? Week six. Kevin Blake, take it away. Oh, lordy. Yeah, I'm going to go Blood Destiny in the article because um, I was away at the time uh, when you guys would have been discussing them. Um, it's two, two and a half weeks now. I was really impressed with his chasing debut at Nace. Um, loved it. Um, low, aggressive, accurate. Um, bolted up, beat a horse that's well regarded with good form over fences in the book. And that was over a mid-range trip. He'll have no issue coming back in trip. I'm hoping he's the one that they that they shoehorn into the article rather than Gaelic Warrior. Um, because he's 14 to 1. I think that's a mighty price. Um, all the respect in the world for Marine National, but he's too short, and I would rather have Blood Destiny in my bag. Um, so I'm gonna put him in there. 14 to 1 for the article, please. Do it. And Blood Destiny would be your performance. We're not going to say the festive period because it was before that it was the 14th of December. But that's right, isn't it? That would also be your performance yeah, at the time you were absolutely. away. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Loved it. <laughs> really, really fun. Really fun to watch. Great. Blood Destiny for Kevin Blake. Daryl, what's your anti-post tip for this yeah. time at this stage? Yeah, I'm going to put out the bat and have a right swing here. Um, and, it, and it's a horse that a lot of people are just assuming is, is no good because he ran in October. Uh, and that's mystical power at 25 to 1 for the Ballymore. Runs this week in the Lawlers of Nace. Uh, so entered there, which is obviously a big positive sign. Um, I was just really taken with this performance back in October. Now I know that I know the form is completely different at this time of year than it is to there, but it's actually got some serious substance uh, and serious collateral for me to go through it. Very, very well bred. First followed by Galileo and Annie Power. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, I, I was very, very taken with that performance, the, 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 especially the sort of progression from the bumper run to the to the hurdle run. Like, I'm hoping there's plenty more to come. And I don't think we've seen a real standout in this division yet. So hopefully that could come on Sunday. Love it. Love those antipost selections. Of course, we're giving you all of our insights from Daryl and Kev. But gamble responsibly. I cannot express that enough. We're here to have fun, give you our guys. Cheltenham's a long way away. Um, we give you all the prices from the Betfair Sportsbook, but gamble responsibly. Be safe. Hope you enjoyed the show. Week six. I can't believe how quickly time's going. We will be with you again once more next week. Loads, loads more to talk about. We can't always cram it all in, but we've covered a good bones and base of it. We've seen some great racing over the festive period. So, Daryl, Kevin, thank you very much once more for your time this week. And hope you have a very nice rest of the day. 